With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is The Joe Hoff Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And here we are. Welcome back to The Joe Hoff Show. Glad to be back with you. Take Friday off, did some family things over the weekend. Actually flew to Denver, watched my nephew play some uh, basketball. Had a couple basketball games. He's a senior in high school. He's very good and and uh, wanted to do that favor for my brother and his family and uh, was happy to be able to do that. And I felt really blessed. Uh, was there with some other family members. And it was a great time. So sometimes you have to do those things uh, for others and that's okay and we had a great time and was rewarded uh deeply for doing that i have a beautiful brother who uh has this uh fantastic uh, basketball player son and and that was just great to see him and his family and they're just doing great so anyways it was well worth it had a great weekend and thanks uh thanks for all your support and if you were wondering that's what was going on i uh, flew back yesterday didn't get a lot of articles put up at joehoff.com because of the uh, weekend all, a lot going on i still tried to do what i could but it was uh challenging to do the big story of course was the epstein files i'm sure you're all aware of all that i think the big key and i was on a radio show earlier today uh a big key to all of this is the these documents they were being withheld from us and I believe in large part so that they could run with this narrative that was a lie, that President Trump had anything to do with Epstein. And they still, even when the the messages come out and and these documents are released, still redacted, which is kind of BS, but when they're released, um, the the thing is that was the, the the key to this whole story is that Donald Trump had nothing to do with Jeffrey Epstein. Donald Trump, there's no evidence he ever went to Epstein's Island or was with any young girls at all. That's the key. That's what they wanted to cover up. They wanted to claim that Donald Trump was just as bad as Bill Clinton. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's such a massive lie. So disgusting. This is who our media is today. They're filthy, filthy, freaking liars. Everything they say is so nasty. And even as this information was coming out, they throw Trump's name in there. Trump's noted in the files as well, they say. They don't tell you what he's noted. So you go to the files and you look and you see a question asked to one of these young ladies who was a minor, which Epstein brought in, Epstein pedophile file, and, and brought in and used them with his friends, uh, with uh, people like Bill Clinton and the Prince, uh, Prince of England and, uh, and uh, many others. And it's so disgusting what he and Ghislaine Maxwell did. It took advantage of these young girls, uh, paid them money. They felt they felt super sexy because they're with these super, super um, successful men. It's grotesque. Ghislaine Maxwell actually came out with a, a piece uh, late last week saying, well, here we go. All these men were, were you know, perping with uh, young women. And who's the one in jail? A woman says well she's no victim but she does have a point there and uh but the but the the main thing the main storyline here is president trump had nothing to do with this As a matter of fact we knew for, from previous reporting that president trump had nothing to do with this we we knew this because he uh there, there was one guy who was a prosecutor in this case and he was asked after outside the courthouse one day by this lefty liberal and the liberal was hoping to get on 
And this guy said, oh, no, President Trump was the one person out of all the people that helped us. When we went and saw him, he had us in. He was took it very serious. And when we were done, he said, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And that's how President Trump handled it. And that's how everyone should handle it. This is how people that have nothing to hide, this is how they act. And um, so that apparently wasn't the case, uh, the case with Bill Clinton or his cabinet that all visited Epstein Island. People like Al Gore, who we know from four years ago was on the list of, of on, on the flights to Lolita Island, on the, or is it the Lolita Express to Epstein Island, a pedophile island, where all these famous, rich and famous would go like Bill Gates, and they'd, uh, they'd then have sex with these minors. It was sick. It's really sick. As a matter of fact, what's not being there's 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 a, another story that's not being told. But I'll get to that in a minute. But the big story is President Trump had nothing to do with it. When they asked, when his name is mentioned in these files, it's a question: Did you ever see Donald Trump there? No. The answer was no. Did you ever massage President Trump? No. At that time, he was Citizen Trump. Be Donald Trump. No. And and we know also that President Trump kicked uh, Epstein off his premises at Mar-a-Lago. When Epstein was hitting on some younger women, he found that out and said, no, nah, get this guy out of here, get him off my property. So that was how President Trump handled this. Bill Clinton, on the other hand, we knew back in 2016, had been back and forth to Epstein Island numerous times, some 20 some times. We knew Hillary had, uh, had been back and forth, and that's been validated this week. Uh, we knew Bill Gates was there. We knew uh, Larry Summers, uh, is, I believe that's his name, the former Secretary of Treasury under, under Clinton. He uh, and future Harvard professor, he was there. Uh, it's, you know, it's just really sick. Sandy Berger, the guy that stuffed all these documents in his in his pants to take out and destroy after, after the Clinton administration. And uh, he was Clinton's uh, national security director, I believe. And he got caught. He got sentenced and uh, and indicted and um, indicted and sentenced. And, and he ended up with a slap on the hand. That's how they handle the uh, criminals and the uh, in the uh, Clinton campaign. Now, if President Trump takes documents, which he had every right to take as president, they take those from him, and now that's a crime. Not the fact that they took them from him, which is a crime, the fact that he had them in the first place. They say that's a crime, and that's not. It wasn't a crime. It never was a crime. So this is the stuff that's going on with America today. Really sick, sinister stuff. And and uh, so we learned, no, Donald Trump had nothing to do with this, despite what the media tried to do. They're just so sick and disgusting. It's just uh, the lies from the left never end. You just cannot trust them anymore. It's just like watching Pravda when we were kids. We used to laugh about that. Like, oh, they're so, they're so stupid. They'll believe anything. And this media is so bogus. And how could these people do this and all that? And it's like, well, now look at our media. Look at that. It's got for places here like TNT and uh, JoeHoff.com, Gateway Pundit, and other places that uh, you know I've been associated with where we can share the truth. And so uh, that's that's uh, that's certainly a big story uh, this weekend. I tell you, the bigger story, though, that people never talked about, and I wrote about this some four, more than four years ago, I guess it was in 2015, when the Epstein Island uh, whole scenario came out, it was like, what's going on here? Because there's like, it looks like some sort of, there's a couple of structures on the island which were bizarre. One was this structure on another end of the island. People were saying, well, that this kind of stuff looks uh, uh, medieval or even satanic. What's these these uh, things that are found on these this building that was built on the far end of the island? What is that? And people would, a couple of individuals got uh, drones even back then, still pretty much new technology to the 
to the mainstream back in 2015. And they flew uh, flew them over that island. They're saying, what is this? What is this? And um, there was rumors that underneath one of these buildings, which looked to be like some sort of temple of sorts, and maybe a, some satanic temple, even people were alluding to, that uh, there was belief that there was even a, some sort of shaft in there, an elevator. And some pictures came out of children. And and I uh, don't know if any of that was legit, but we do have to ask the question, what, what is this building? What is it? Who would build that on the other end of their island? It was like a temple. There was another thing, as I recall, a field, a circle, circular field that was flat in the middle that was rimmed around the outside, uh, pretty large, looked like about the size of a football field that was on the island too. What was that? What was that? What you know? What is going on there? So a lot of questions, a lot of questions about this. Maybe that's the real story. That's the hidden, the sick story behind all this. It's what was really going on at that island. Really was going on. I saw, you know, you just see this stuff all over. You know, I got to tell you, this Eric Coomer guy who was involved with Dominion, who was involved in this, uh, really, the, the 2020 election heavily, Dominion voting systems, he had a tattoo, or still does as far as I know, this tattoo on his shoulder, which was something like the Dark Pope or some famous painting from 100 years ago. I looked it up, and uh, the, the uh, something like the Satanic Society has uh, artwork, and it's their number one piece. And this is on Eric Coomer's shoulder, this guy who was working for Dominion at the time, who then turned around and sued people like Joe Oltman and others, Jim Hoff, Gateway Pundit, for putting up this article that he said before the uh, uh, Oltman heard him say that he's, uh, he said that uh, he was, don't worry about the 2020 election, we got it covered on an Antifa call, of all things. And Oltman claimed, or not Oltman, but Coomer claimed that he wasn't on call, and there's evidence that he absolutely was, so... He's lied about that. He's lied about numerous things. For example, we saw on video that his car had slammed into a building, I believe, and he had, he said, no, that wasn't me. He was drunk at the time. Then he admitted that he did, and then all of a sudden some people show up, and he gets off and gets away, and there's no charges pressed against the guy, even though he lied to the cops, had a hit and run, it appears to be, went straight to the bar that he was working at, maybe even owned, and drank a couple shots at like six, eight in the morning after his car just hit, was in damage. And when the police asked him about it, he says, no, that wasn't me. So these are the kind of people that are running Dominion and running the Clintons and running people around this world. So it's pretty sick stuff, uh, pretty sick. So anyways, that's the, that's a, a big story. Another big story this weekend, more on a local level, maybe not so local, statewide level. And, uh, and U.S. level is... There's a situation going on in Michigan where this uh, current head of the uh, GOP there, her name's uh, Christina Caramo. She's one of the people that was at the, um, the state, I believe, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know, State Farm Arena, I believe that's Georgia. He, they were at the facility where the Detroit Pistons played on election night and uh, they didn't, the Pistons didn't play there it was their facility but they held election processing at that location a big big huge coliseum of sorts where they'd have nba basketball games so you can get an idea on the size that's where they counted the absentee ballots after the 2020 election and uh, that's where we saw vans pull up underneath the facility about four or five people testified that they saw the vans and um and yet 
nothing was done with that. Bill Barr said, no, there was no problems with the election and, and said, no, that's normal for Vance to pull up at four in the morning. And four or five people said they saw him. And where's the chain of custody on those documents, by the way? I don't think that's ever been found. Where do where those ballots? There's there's thousands of ballots that were unloaded in these band, vans. It's all on camera. And uh, we tried, uh, well, again, we pundit tried to get the, the, the footage of the, the arena. They wouldn't provide that information until after uh, the inauguration for Joe Biden. And then they did, and then it was difficult to work work our way through. But eventually, uh, a couple individuals found the vans. Definitely did pull up white van underneath Coliseum at least one, at least twice. I believe even maybe three times is what I've heard. And um, at least twice, there's evidence that the van pulled up at least twice. Unloads ballots underneath Coliseum in this kind of secret underground area. And what was that all about? No investigation into that whatsoever. So. Anyways, that happened. Christina Caramo, I believe, was one of the individuals there. I believe she was even escorted out. But there was there was a uh, campaign, a, an operation to get rid of all observers in that facility. And that's what they did, one by one, all Republican observers. These people were were escorted out. They were harassed and, uh, and to, to the point where some would say something. They'd call the police. The police would come over and, and remove the Republican. So it was all an operation make sure that nobody was there to witness what they were going to do because what they did is suddenly manufactured thousands of votes in Michigan for uh, Joe Biden. The whole thing was a scam. They also gave the election to the senator there that nobody knows. And uh, it was just disgusting. Patty uh, McMurray was there. She's a friend of ours from, used to be from uh, 100% fed up, the founder of 100% fed up. And she said, yeah, they would cheer when these Republican people got escorted out. That's what they wanted. They that's to me at that point. Then at that point, you're done. You're done. The election's over. Fraud has occurred. There's big questions. Okay, you're going to have to do it over, boys. And, and like our guest from Italy said last week, uh, uh, I was going to say Buya Mariani. I was going to butcher her name again, and I, I don't want to do that. Anyways, she said, "Yeah, the, the, the election should have been over. There needs to be." There needs to be punishment for cheaters. There needs to be consequences. And that was one of her observations about the U.S. election. She, by the way, has helped me in my new book. Uh, the Well, the, the set of The Steel is coming out in Italy and Italian this week. So I believe this week. Uh, coming out this month, nevertheless, in Italy, The Steel volumes 1, 2, and 3 in one publication. And that'll be uh, we'll we'll be able to share more about that this week. Also, I got to tell you, there's a big event coming up in uh, in Vero Beach, Florida, in February, where three individuals are being uh, given awards for their work in sharing the truth. One's James O'Keefe, who uh, many of you know from Project Veritas. Another individual is Steve Bannon, who many people know and recognize. The third individual is myself. So I'll be sharing more information about that in the days ahead. Encourage you to come. It's also a fundraiser for this group, Able Child. And we've had Sheila Matthews on from that organization and all the great work they're doing to protect America's kids. But today, uh, we're going to jump into right now. Uh, our good friend David Clements will be joining us right after this break. And he's come out, as you, many of you know, with his new documentary, Let My People Go. And we'll have to catch up with him on how's that's going and the challenges that he's had in really putting this thing together. Maybe not un, unexpected, but nevertheless, you'll be shocked to hear what the left is doing to prevent the truth from coming out. So 
Anyways, we'll be right back after this. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40. California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a thousand dollar a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. When I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%. You know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people are saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. It sounds pretty good. It's it sounds like, real, it's dude. not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, we're back on the Joe Hoff Show. It's my honor and privilege to introduce our guest, a good friend and uh, 
American patriot, real hero of modern of the modern era, a real hero. But those that know him uh, would certainly agree. Uh, professor and attorney David Smith. David, welcome to the Joe Hoff Show. Hey, Joe. It's always good to be with you. Yeah, hey. That's how, that's how I noticed, you know, you kind of fall in these phrases. There's certain people I call up, what's up or where are you at? That's a question I usually ask people like, I think of you, people, other friends, I always ask them when the first thing is, where are you at? Because I never know. And, and <laughs> yeah, I, response I, is pretty... I'm usually gone, but uh, I've, I've had, I've had a stretch yeah. where I've been able to stay home. My, my wife threatened me, <laughs> don't go anywhere for <laughs> the month of December. I'm free yeah. of that. Or the month, but my, uh, as I was telling you, my mom's in town and she wanted to see her, yeah. her grandbabies. And so this week yeah. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of interviews, but from my garage and I'll visit while I can. Great. That's great. Well, that, we did a similar thing this weekend. Jim and I flew out to uh, Denver and saw a brother and, uh, and had a neat time. His son's a good basketball player in high school. So we went and watched his team. Actually, his team on Saturday beat the last year's state champs in a game. So it was pretty, they were behind the whole game and pulled it out. So it was, it was a fun game to watch. So had a great time. Got to see our friend uh, Joe Oldman as well. And, Out of curiosity, uh, way, Joe, is, uh, is your nephew tall? Yeah. He is He's even taller than me. Okay. That's what I was about to ask. People that have never met Joe or Jim in person, they are, they are Viking. <laughs> they're Viking tall. They are the very, very imposing human beings. It's, uh, I was oh, wow. hoping that they had that in the gene pool. Yeah, sure do. Uh, I have, I have five brothers. We all were six, four, except for my oldest brother who said he was six foot, but we all kind of thought, well, I think he's probably five eleven <laughs> and three quarters, you know? But he had to say he was six foot and uh, he's passed away since. But uh, yeah, the, my five brothers were all six four. Now, Chris's son, my brother Chris, whose son played ball, he's six five. So he's, and he can dump yeah, pretty easily. So their team was pretty good. Pretty good. So they beat a really good team. So that was fun. And I got, and like I mentioned, we saw Joel and, and uh, had nice discussions with him, was on the show uh, with him, Conservative Daily, on Friday morning. And, um, all good. It was all a great, great time, and um, but lots going on, David. So, so what's 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 uh, going on with you? How's the, how's the uh, documentary going, and and what's going on? Well, you? I you know I talked to Mike Lindell uh, last night, and uh, he's been one of the few people that has fearlessly gotten behind the film and is prepared to uh, to promote it. Um, last week, we mentioned that the verdict from Ruby and Shave against Rudy Giuliani for 148 million basically um, scared the hell out of so many people that just don't want to talk about the election system. They're they're just scared to death of, of lawfare, and um, and I think I shared with you that uh, you know the IRS uh, has come after me three days after the launch. We received a nice twenty thousand dollar bill for Christmas um, that has no merit but it doesn't matter. We're, we're basically going against a nameless, faceless entity. And then two days ago, just because I didn't want to bore you with uh, my persecution, uh, our credit card processing company uh, basically was getting pressure to cancel us. And uh, so there was a window of service where they didn't, uh, where we didn't have transactions and uh, they've gotten a, strongly worded letter from people that uh, 
aren't afraid to litigate uh, to find their courage. But even that is become becoming more and more precarious. So w- when I say every single uh, moving part to try to get this film out has been attacked, um, the latest is the credit card companies. They're they're basically being told, do not service this this website, this film, and. Um, for about six hours, uh, I want to say on Saturday, uh, we didn't have service. And so I don't know what what has transpired since then, uh, but Joe has been putting out fires left and right. It's just been one headache after another. Um, but again, the, the film has been marketed. Uh, maybe we were a little too on the nose is the film that no one wants you to see. I mean, it's just from political parties to mainstream media to um, whomever. Um, and we're figuring out whether we're going to adjust the strategy right now. And, uh, that was why I had a call with Mike last night. He is meeting with the real president today. They are doing, uh, uh, tours throughout Iowa for their caucus this week. And Joe is actually joining him and we're trying to figure out how, how can we avoid the cancel culture to get the film out? And, um, I think we've got a good plan in place, but. I'm so I'm so used to being disappointed that I, I don't want to tell you it's going to be the thing that gets us over the top. It's going to be it's going to continue to be a fight. Hmm. Of course. Hmm. Welcome to today's world. I mean, really, in a in a short period of time, probably since Barack Obama, since Barack Obama, conservatives now are censored to the max. Uh, your voice is being attacked. Um, your your pocketbook is one way they go after you. Um, so this is what they're doing with the movie. They're you know going to hit your credit card maker. And I've seen this uh, with Gateway Pundit for years, even before I started writing, just because Jim was my brother. And he's telling me some of these horror stories. And then I start joining them. And then immediately they start censoring us on social media uh, after the 2016 election. We saw 95% of the volume of the top 10 conservative sites reduced. You know, so if I'm saying that right, so they were down 95%. If you put all together all these top sites before the election on Facebook, and compared it to a year later, getting 5% of the volume they got a year before. And Zuckerberg would go in front of Congress, say, no, we don't censor. We don't censor conservatives. And that was just a lie. It's just a liar. And well, so see this, you know, all that. Uh, it's It's a lot of people tell us, well, why don't you just put the film out on Rumble? Or, I mean, there's lots of people, there are good questions, right? And um, my understanding is that Rumble went public and their shares um, have dropped from $12 to $4. They're having a hard time. But um, a company that many people know acquired a large amount of their shares and that's BlackRock. Uh, I think it's about 15% ownership of Rumble now is BlackRock. Um, so when they open themselves up, um, you open yourselves up to the, the people that basically by and large own other entities like YouTube. And, um, and so these aren't safe places. And so what you're finding is that certain people that toe the line, yes, even at rumble are given max visibility. And if you talk about those darn machines, uh, you don't get the same visibility. And, and just so people know, you know, three years ago when I got on the scene, I, I, I you know, I guess I didn't understand the problem well enough to educate people to where I was a threat to the system, but I, I quickly got about 28,000 followers on rumble three years later after, I don't know, countless interviews, a thousand interviews, talking to millions of people, 
I've got 28,000 <laughs> followers on Rumble. Yeah. There's been zero growth right. whatsoever. And then, you know, I, I co-host Conservative Daily with Joe on Facebook. We've got 72,000 followers. And the average view for per show on Facebook is anywhere from like 12 views to 60 views. I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't track. Something's happening. Um, yeah. And their show doesn't grow. And, and so anyone that's familiar with this thing called the, the Pareto distribution, usually what happens is when you get to a certain point, it's very, very easy to just kind of explode and proliferate. It's, it's like a, there's a science behind videos going viral. And um, that's not happening for conservatives that are over the mark. So, you know, normally, you know, like let my people go to trailer. First four days, we had 111,000 views. And then it stayed there for weeks. Like it just hit up against the wall. Usually if you get 110,000, 11,000 views in four days, you're off to the races because of people's um, inclination to share something that's just reaching. We've been dealing with caps that uh, I don't pretend to understand, but in the tech world, Joe has a pretty good handle on it. And um, it's just a, it's just another battlefield that we're going to have to solve. But, but Rumble um, is not as pure as the driven snow. Uh, or we would uh, have probably just put it there. That might change. I mean, we, we don't really have a lot of options, but my point is this, is that we went with Mike and Frank's speech because we wanted to work with people that if they got a cease and desist order from one of the big corporate rig machine vendors to take it down, uh, that they would say, no, go pound sand. And there's so few people that are willing to go that route. We don't have those assurances from uh, some streaming platforms. I mean, I can't, I know for a fact, I can't even put the film on YouTube. It'll just get flagged and, and crash my channel, the channel that I don't even use, but rumble. That's one of those things where we don't want to just flood people towards a place and then have dominion uh, have attorneys say, bring it down or we're going to sue you out of existence. And that's why I've, I've worked with, uh, with Mike on Frank's speech because Mike's, not afraid of being sued. And unfortunately, I'm I'm laboring really with two people, Joe Altman, who's the first person I think who was sued by Eric Coomer. There are others that, that were added to the lawsuits. And then you had Mike Lindell. And these people are just built differently. They're a lot like uh, the folks at the Gateway Pundit, which is the truth is more important. Do your worst. And we're going to see you through. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Now, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've seen this censorship for a long time, and then they hit start hitting your dollars, and that's what they did with the Gateway Pundit. They'll hit your advertisers. Now, there's agencies out there. The federal government's been paying. There's that are working against conservatives. There's individuals that do so. There's this one lady that uh, has just attacked a bunch of conservatives. I forgot her name. Maybe you don't remember her name from India. She's not even, wasn't even born in the U.S. She's attacking all us conservatives. It's just, you know, I got to tell you, David, the big picture that, that people need to need to see, and that I think your, your movie does a great job of laying this out. The big picture is this. There is a fascist takeover of America going on, and it's really, really, really dangerous. I can't say how, you know, it's not just it's not just with the with the preventing us from sharing the truth, but it's also um, pushing lies. You know, even this the Epstein release was a good example. They're trying they throw Trump's name in there with Bill Clinton. The only questions for Trump in these documents was, did you ever see Donald Trump? And then the girl says, no. You know, 
they're going to say that's the same as Bill Clinton going to this island 20 some times with young women. That's our media today. It's so skewed, so disgusting. And that's, you know, you're, you, you, you know, we threatened them, but we, we, the, the, the sad part now is we, the warriors, are standing up for the truth. We don't need back, meaning there's no political people other than, I'd say, other than Trump that will stand against monsters. I don't see it coming from our House of Representatives. I don't see it coming from the Senate for sure. And 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 from most state governments, maybe there's some attorney generals that'll stand up, but uh, it's you know there's there needs to there's no concerted effort to stand up, and we're right, and 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 you know we've got First Amendment stuff, but we're we're just not getting the support that's absolutely necessary that's needed to prevent this uh, destruction of America. Well, it's it's tough to watch Trump get picked on by the media. It's it's tough to see a lot of it, but we also can't forget the the, the little people, uh, and by that I mean uh, the J Sixers. I mean, just on the anniversary this past Saturday, three families had their their base their doors verbally kicked in, and they were arrested uh, to commemorate this day and. There was also a um, DOJ representative that said they will now expand past those that went into the Capitol. Uh, these are just people that were there, and so they've they've they're call it passive rioting, <laughs> and that's I mean they literally created a term. Passive rioters are now going to be pursued, which basically means anyone that's there. And maybe they'll say that there's passive social media rioters that weren't there, but are providing an inconvenient take on. Uh, the lie of the DOJ and the FBI. Uh, so it was a heartbreaking day. Uh, I was on a show Saturday, um, a live stream to, to honor the J6 hostages. And the host that I was on the show with said, Dave, uh, in 10 days, I report for a five-year sentence. I mean, it took my breath away, Joe. Uh, this is a, a God-fearing Midwestern patriot. Uh, didn't, didn't do anything wrong. Didn't go into the Capitol building. He is facing five years and he's going to report and his courage is what uh is so infectious i'm like sitting there going okay yeah i mean things are falling apart for me i'm getting notices from the irs but uh there's a spectrum and it's heartbreaking and you see the the lack of true um you know aggressive attention to solve the problem from anyone in congress i mean i can't tell you how disappointed i am in thomas massey who's going around the state of Iowa with Chip Roy in support of DeSantis. And every time I see them campaign for another candidate, it's a, it's a spit. It's like spitting in the eye of the American people that know that the election was stolen. This isn't even about Trump. This is about the rule of law. This is about our country. And to pretend that we didn't see what we saw as they go through the motions. And one of the other things that Thomas put out on Twitter just really disgusted me was that you know, this is the third year anniversary that commemorates the day in which Trump could have pardoned the J6 prisoners. So think about this. He's taking a shot against Trump for not pardoning J6ers while he's traveling the state with someone who flat out said on a CNN town hall stage, this is DeSantis, that the um, J6 was not patriotic. The people that showed up, they, they were not demonstrating patriotism. Well, if you don't believe that, why would you pardon them? So you're going with someone who overtly would not pardon them and then casting stones at a guy that, um, by the way, uh, the vast majority of J6ers 
weren't arrested or identified until Biden was installed. So Trump wouldn't even have the names. Uh, so to suggest that that Trump could have proactively pardoned a million people in a 14-day period that no one knew who they were, except for the FBI, who was using geolocation uh, technology to hunt them down like dogs, is the duplicitous nature of people that are in Congress that I once thought, I mean, I was a massy guy. I thought, this is a conservative. I really like this guy. He was like on a handful of like three or four people that I admired. And I'm going, what is going on? Like even he is taking pot shots at Trump. So another one bites the dust. And I'm seeing so many stories like that across the country that it's just, it's really, it's tough. I mean, this weekend was really tough, Joe. I saw your response to Massey. It popped up in my uh Twitter uh, feed and um, and and, and kind of got the gist of what he'd said and in, in, in the beginning of your I didn't read the whole thing this morning it was early I was trying to catch up on all sorts of stuff but I did see that I see you respond to him. I'm not I'm not I'm not impressed with Massey I'm sorry I'm just not I think he misses the bus on some things that are so important and this is it this is the, to me this thing is so important the stolen election is so important and this is the thing that I heard this weekend too they say oh um they talk January 6th. They talk about um they and 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 but the but the piece was that wasn't ever shared and, and, and what they're saying, even now, even now the conservatives are saying, yeah, it's terrible what's happened to January 6th. And I agree a thousand percent. But what they never mentioned, none of these guys, these fearless, courageous men and women, which I'm I'm saying that sarcastically, they never say, hey, it's because the election was stolen. That's why people were there. It was stolen from the American people. They certified an election that never should have been certified. It was a scam. And then I saw I saw Mike Pence out saying some crap about that too, about oh. January Sixers and stuff. He he was a part of it. He was part and parcel of the whole thing. He was an insider the whole time and a monster. He's not an honest man. He plays this preacher on TV, but he's he's everything but that and for him to say stuff about these january sixers is disgusting he, he sends out his message while trump has given a speech for pete's sakes hoping it would get the most emotional response he could get from it by doing that while trump's talking i mean i was part and parcel of everything it's just disgusting to me so yeah that's the thing that they don't nobody has the courage to say other than you me and a few others that selection was stolen we were scammed. We've and look at our southern border today. I mean, look at this. We've got. I saw Ben Burkwam tweets over the weekend, and this morning saw some more. It's all military-aged men coming into this country. What are we doing, folks? Like nobody's stopping it. Where's Massey on that? Why is he not down at the border stopping that? You know, this is the kind of stuff that just fires me up. I'm like, give me a break. This is disgusting. Yeah, and you also have you know Mike Johnson, who's who's proven to be kind of Kevin McCarthy 2.0. I mean, this is a guy that promised all of the J6 footage. I think there's about 90 hours that has been put out out of 41,000, and um, it's not good enough. Um, that that was an empty promise or outright lie. And now people are are legitimately saying, shut down the government. If you're not going to shut down the border, shut down the government. Like, what purpose do you serve? And he gives a you know one of these you know, very, very long, eloquent non-answers. I mean, it, it's not that there's no urgency 
to solve the problem. It's like, well, we'll just, you know, there's a process. Well, whatever the process is, it's the American people getting screwed. And um, he's another person that I just, uh, you know, at first I was, I was hopeful, but hopefully people are learning to keep a shorter leash. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy, we wasted the better part of nine months of feckless leadership. And it looks like we're doing the same thing well, with Mike Johnson changed. now. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that song by the who here's the, you meet the new boss. Same as the old boss. Yeah. No, won't get fooled again. Give me a break. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and, and we'll be right back with Sir Clements. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. One, check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. Two, think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. Three, it's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. This is The Joe Hoff Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, we're back. This is Joe Hoff. Just talking to Professor Clements, my good friend David Clements, the attorney from New Mexico, has come out with this great documentary, Let My People Go. By the way, you can go to letmypeoplego.movie and get a copy. If you want to get a savings on that, type in Joe Hoff, and and you'll get savings on the movie too. So please do so. It's an incredible movie. I've seen it a few times now. I just love it. And um, so really well done, David. You've done just an incredible job. We were talking punk rock, though, during the break. David used to be in a punk rock band, if you can imagine that. But we're talking about how current current, uh, punk rockers are quite the opposite of what it used to be, right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, on New Year's Eve, uh, there was a celebration with, you know, the Green Day Day Band, and they changed their lyrics to one of their uh, songs, American Idiot, uh, to opposing the MAGA agenda. And I was just remarking to 
to Joe how much punk rock has changed. It used to be anti-authority and, and, and anti-government. And there's nothing that's more anti-government than MAGA. I mean, we, we basically have the most punk rock crowd in the world, and they are enemy number one for, for bands like Green Day. Uh, yeah, so just a lot has changed. I think uh, when they did that, though, I think there's also this move when they do things like that, when these punk rockers or these athletes or these movie stars or whoever it might be, I think it takes away from who they are. I think it hurts them. And I think most people are seeing through it today. And, and I, again, base this back on uh, the uh, Rasmussen poll that said 62% of Americans, that's from April last year. And I, there's more evidence since then to show that they are right. 62% believe that the election in 2020 was basically stolen. Well, that's telling me when Green Days does that anti-mega stuff, to me, they look childish and, and maybe I'm out of touch, but they look lost. I, they, they'd lose more than gain anything by doing that. Yeah, well, I was never a Green Day guy. I mean, for me, uh, they already seem like kind of corporate rock shills, even when they came out. I mean, you, the more that you learn about people that are given the red carpet treatment, they, they usually become kind of paid shills for a movement. And we've seen that with Taylor Swift. I mean, she apparently is on the cover of every single magazine and she's a, she's another globalist. She seems like she's got an arranged relationship with uh, the Kelsey guy from the Kansas city chiefs, who's on TV getting the jab with Pfizer and, and uh, all of the, all the stuff that you're sitting there going, man, um, team evil is got an all out blitz to, to lift up the celebrities out there. And, you're finding out that these are all people that I would not want to hang out with. I mean, there was a time where there are certain people that, man, I would love to hang out and pick this person's brain. I could not run fast enough from someone like Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey. And there's just, there's nothing about them that I find remotely attractive. Um, their music and just the positions they take off the field. And it ends up ruining sports that I grew up, you know, absolutely loving. I used to watch every Denver Broncos football game going back. 30 years. I mean, it was my thing to do. Um, ever since they started doing the kneeling stuff uh, uh, and the commercials are just so yeah. woke, I can't get through a game. And so um, uh, I, I'm not an NFL guy anymore. I don't know if I'm a sports guy at all. NBA is even worse. So, uh, you know, my, my sports, my, my contact sports are all in the political realm of getting rid of rig machines. And um, I think I'll stay there for a while. Yeah. I, um, I haven't watched an NBA game in years, years, decades, maybe. Same thing with, um, well, I haven't seen a baseball game now in a few years. But yeah, when they started kneeling, that was that did me in. I came back after 10 years overseas and sat down. I was going to watch a watch a football game on TV. And and it was a Patriots with Tom Brady. And, and the first thing they did was a five-minute ad on Black Lives Matter. And I just... Uh, shut that thing down it didn't follow uh, the nfl for you know from that point forward so it's uh yeah pretty pretty crazy there there is a there is a couple guys in the nfl i like now there's a guy named brock purdy who's quarterback for the niners and i happen to happen to like that guy because he went to my alma, alma mater uh, island state and he was the last guy in the draft and i like his story and now i think he's, he might even be uh mvp this year so but maybe I, you know, I'm being sacrilegious against, uh, you know, the real truth. Oh. The, the NFL, that commissioner's terrible. He's just terrible. Well, I agree on on Brock Purdy. I, I uh, but I, I also it upsets me because we interviewed Kyle Sh Shanahan 
uh, the Broncos did. And uh, the fact that that the 49ers that I'm seeing that are just amazing, so well coached, the yeah. talent yeah. that that could have taken place in Denver. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been irrelevant for the you know, half a decade now. I mean, ever since Peyton Manning retired, yeah. we have been absolutely yeah. irrelevant. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that uh, if the woke culture is going to take over that I'm not at least conflicted because our team is so terrible that there's nothing to root for anyway. <laughs> it works out. You know, I speaking of sport, I'll just tell you this. There's one sport that I've never seen before that I'm all of a sudden on board and, I, and I'm shocked and it's women's basketball. The last thing I ever want to see was a WNBA game. And I, ha I still have it for that matter. There's this girl from Iowa. She was born in Iowa, went to Dowling High School. I know where that is. It's a big Catholic school in, in Des Moines, and then went on to the University of Iowa. She is, she is closing in on the all-time scoring record for girls basketball. She's six foot, pretty uh, pretty girl from, from Iowa, and she can bury the three from like the half court line. She crosses that line and shoots it. And nobody knows how to cover because how do you cover somebody who crosses the half court line and starts flowering off the ball? And she's uh, she's going to break the scoring record. She she makes them is the thing. There was a game the other night. Jim came down. We watched it. It was uh, with Michigan State. The game was all tied up with like 10 seconds to go. You can see this out. I encourage you to go look. It's a C for Caitlin Clark. And um, she uh, gets the ball. They eventually get it to her with like two seconds to go. He steps back. It's this girl steps back. This girl was over the whole game and um, all over. She should have got, you know, many penalties. Anyways, Clark steps. She's at the logo and she buries it. The crowd's silent. You can hear it go, you know, swish right through the and the crowd erupts. Everywhere this girl's going, she's selling out. All the Iowa games are sold out. They just played at Rutgers, who's six and ten out in, and and it was sold out. Everywhere she goes, people are following this girl. She appears to be a real nice girl, but on the court, she's fierce and she's making shots that pros can't make. And she's shooting like 40% at these threes. Really fun to watch. So there's there's my, I even went and saw her in Florida when she was here recently on Thanksgiving. So, oh, well, well I, 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 was, I was surprised that that's your go to. I, I thought it would have been for sure uh, men's curling where they scrub the ice and, uh, but uh, you're going to say uh, MMA or something, you know, something masculine <laughs> wrestling or something. No, no, no. no. I, I wouldn't saw a, a high school uh, volleyball game. We had some friends and I, and you start to appreciate, uh, and it was actually a women's uh, women's team. And uh, the way that people move, um, you know, like I'm, I'm at the age now where like everything looks impressive because everything on me hurts. <laughs> I'm like, wow, look how talented they, they just do for that. They're going to, I would yeah. feel that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the but, the but again, David, that's the life of the punk rocker. Probably a lot of yeah. things that you heard, you don't even remember what you did. <laughs> Joe, there's years I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I heard David David Bowie said that once, something like he didn't remember a couple of years. You know, Joe Walsh, a couple of these guys that ended up finding recovery. Thank God. Anyways, um, yeah. So David, the the movie, the they're they're receiving. So you got it fixed with the credit card company, I guess. For now, you're going to keep yeah. selling it. Going to keep promoting it. Well, I mean, yeah, we're going to keep promoting, it. and there are some really exciting developments. So, like I said, we're going to try to our best to to get it out um, over the next three weeks. We we're going to have to kind of take stock of the obstacles, and we've done that. 
Um, but we do have some really cool things going on um, across the country. We're going to get a theatrical run, Lord willing, in Washington, Missouri, and that's about an hour outside of St. Louis. And there's an independent theater owner that right now has got two uh, two shows uh, slated for the 21st. Uh, that the demand was great enough to to get the those uh, theaters booked. Might get a third showing. And depending on how we do, um, he might continue to just run the film. So we get a test audience there. And then on the 19th, before that, we're going to be uh, in a little town called Gladstone, which is outside of Portland, Oregon. And we've got a venue there to, to screen the film for about 400 people. So um, we're going to try to pack that one. And it's going to have a nice uh, big theater school, uh, screen at the Sherwood Center. And then we're going to be in Salem at Life Church on the 20th doing a screening there. And so we're trying to do as many interactive um, trainings where either myself or Joe Oltman or other you know election leaders in the movement will host the screening. And then we'll talk about the action items that need to happen afterwards. So for those in the Missouri area uh, that are close to Washington, we'd love to see it. I'll be there for all three showings if we have them. Um, talking with people, doing trainings, and in fact, I think the day after that, we're going to be doing another screening out just outside of St. Louis. So um, we're trying our best to get the film wherever we can. So I want to give a shout out to those locations. If you want to know where they are specifically located at, find me at um, uh, Twitter at the profs record or on Telegram, the professor's record, and you'll see um, flyers posted for all of the different locations. Fantastic. That's great news. It's, it's, you know, it's a great movie. It's really moving and emotional. I remember, you know, even Steve Bannon, when he first saw it, he was like, this thing is really well done, just well put together. I thought it was great. So I guess part of it is I'm, I'm in it briefly, but uh, that, that skews me. But of course uh, it's, it's still, I, I got choked up. I know people that saw it. We did a, uh, we did a viewing here uh, at a couple places in Florida and uh, everybody that saw it was just blown away blown away you really touched people with it so it's an emotional movie too so we the response has been i mean it's great it's just the logistical challenges of release and in, in the censorship apparatus has been nothing short of just exasperating but um i haven't had anyone come back to me saying davey completely missed the mark i mean i've had people that are so inspired we did uh i did a q a on zoom in new york there was a group that did a group screening for the film and you could tell it's like the, a lot of them are just hit by you know, a freight truck. They just to have it all packaged, they knew, but no one has assembled all of the moving parts into one place to connect the dots for them in such a way that, or it really affirmed everything that their subconscious has been wrestling with for three years is we're not crazy. We have the receipts. We have the truth on our side. And um, I think the, one of the successes of, I guess, of the deep state is as long as this film is really hard to get, um, they think they're, they're going to win. But I need the American people to get out there to let my people go dot movie, share it far and wide. And um, we'll just keep on as best we can. Amen. There you go. You're fighting for the truth. Thank you, David. Blessing having you. Have a great day. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Joe. Thanks a lot.